Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's up, everybody? Thanks for joining us today. My name's Ken Swanson. This is the AP Laboratory. It's the Game Preview Edition, getting you ready for Chiefs-Jets. Two juggernauts going at it in Week 8. And here to talk about this game with me are my dear pals. First, find him on Twitter, at Chief in Carolina. Maddie Lane, what is good, my friend? Everything is good. Everything's great. We have a super fun announcement we're ready to share here in a couple minutes. But first, we have to get to the meat and potatoes, the head honcho himself, the shining diamond of Arrowhead Pride, the crown jewel, if you will, of Chiefs Kingdom, Craig Stout, the Renaissance man. How are you doing this evening, pal? I'm doing fantastic, Maddie, And that is a fantastic segue. Speaking of jewels, Kent... We shouldn't wait any longer. Kent, why don't you tell the fine people here what our big announcement that you've been teasing is? Let's do that, Craig. How about that? So uh, we've been wanting to partner with local businesses for a while, and we're finally able to make that a reality. And we're excited to announce that Ruback Fine Jewelry will be sponsoring the AP Laboratory postgame show for the remainder of the season. Uh, Ruback, guys, they're, they're Casey through and through. They're the oldest jeweler in Kansas City. You know, they've been providing custom high-end jewelry at a great price since 1908, the same year Hollywood Hop himself was born. I, they're, they've been here forever. Uh, with, with the holidays coming up, you're going to want to hear about their you know, personalized one-on-one consultation experiences and, and what they can do for you and your loved ones uh, this holiday season. And whether you're looking for an engagement ring or something special for a loved one this holiday... Hal, the owner, he's going to take care of you. Uh, He's been in the industry for over 40 years, and he'll walk you through this entire process. And they have a unique process over there at Ruback. Um, They have a beautiful showroom inside the U.S. Bank building on 95th Street between Nall and Rowe. If you want to learn more about a great local company that we're so excited to be partnering with, you got to go to ruback.co. There is no M in it. It's not .com. It's .co. You got to make sure that you that you get to the right site. But make sure whenever you see how, if whenever you when you set up your appointment, make sure you tell them go Chiefs uh, when you when you come through because they're Chiefs fans at Ruback, just like we're all Chiefs fans here. So excited to be partnering with them. You'll be hearing more about them and their experience uh, and what they can do for for everybody here in Kansas City. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty exciting time for us here, isn't it, Maddie? 
This is a fantastic time. I can go into Ruback Jewelry with my custom design that I've drawn up to maybe or maybe not look just like the Chiefs Super Bowl ring, and they will work with me <laughs> to make my custom design for me because that is how great Ruback Jewelry is. I think Craig has probably already gone in there and purchased himself some nice bling. That is something that fits with him very, very well. He is probably one of their best customers. Yeah, since 1908, I, I got my <laughs> very first bling in 1908. Now this is this is awesome, guys. Like this is not one of those things that you know everybody kind of gets to do. So it's really cool that a local company to Kansas City reached out to us and said, "Hey, we want to sponsor you guys' this podcast." I mean, that means a lot to us. So if you are looking for jewelry, if you're looking for a gift or anything like that, please go out of your way to go and visit these guys. They do good stuff. We're I, I what we're excited about honestly is is getting to partner with someone local. Like that's the thing that really excites us. Um, we love Kansas City. We love helping the people of Kansas City, and we love helping small businesses. Like that's something we're really excited about. Um, and and Ruback, they've been around, you know, for a long time, and and they're a they're a local business that is has weathered the test of time here in Kansas City, and we are so excited to help get the word about them, word out about them. So, um, really looking forward to that partnership, you know, here moving forward with the, with the AP Laboratory post game. Uh, let's go ahead and just jump into the game preview, boys. It's that time. Uh, let's start on the offensive side of the football, and I think we got to start with this, Maddie. It's the Levy on Bell revenge game. Nothing says revenge game like Le'Veon Bell going up against Adam Gase out there to showcase his skills against his favorite ex-coach. No, I mean, this is this is good. Le'Veon Bell looked good for the Chiefs. He had two runs of over 15 yards. I believe he only had one with his entire tenure with the Jets. So already doubling, you know, his explosive plays there with the Jets. He looks pretty good. I think every Chiefs fan's excited to have him here based on what we saw in limited reps. I think there should be no question if Le'Veon Bell's motivated. He, I mean, we have no reason to question him in Kansas City, but if you ever want to see 125% Le'Veon Bell, this game is going to be it. He was not happy with his time with the Jets. He made it very clear. He may not be as angry as Jamal Adams was at the Jets organization, but he seems like he was right behind him. So this will be fun to watch him go out there. I do think that there is a chance, especially once the Chiefs get up a little bit, if if they get up a little bit, that Le'Veon Bell sees a little <laughs> extra workload than maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So, you know, I would maybe fade Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if, uh, if you're a big fantasy player because I don't know what his workload will look like. I really do think the Chiefs would let Le'Veon Bell get a couple extra touches or snaps if the game script's allowing, if they're up big and it's not super important. So, yeah, Le'Veon Bell versus the Jets is going to be must-see TV. I, I fully expect that Le'Veon Bell is going to come out there and he's going to have a different kind of fire under himself to try and go out there and beat up on his old team. He doesn't like Adam Gase. Like Matt said, he wasn't necessarily as vocal, but it was a quiet anger. That man did not want to be in New York after a certain point. They were just trying to use him up and spit him out. That's why they cut him. They didn't want to pay an injury guarantee if they used him too much. Le'Veon Bell is going to be the best version of Le'Veon Bell that we're going to see potentially all, at all this season. And I think that Andy Reid, who, believe it or not, is a little bit petty, is going to come out and he's going to try and give Le'Veon Bell every opportunity to stick it to his former team, the team that mistreated him a little bit. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. And like Maddie said, 
if the Chiefs get up big, I think it's just going to be the Le'Veon Bell show. This might be 150 yards from scrimmage game out of Le'Veon Bell and a couple TDs. Like, I expect big, big stuff out of Bell. Adam Gase flat out, like, it's it's not a secret that Adam Gase did not want him. He did not want Le'Veon Bell. This was a Mike McCagnan signing. Um, so, you know, Le'Veon Bell got let go pretty quick here. And I'll say this. The version of Le'Veon Bell that we saw in a limited sample size last week is going to have a field day against the New York Jets. There is uh, no doubt about it because I think Le'Veon Bell looked great last week in in a small capacity. Uh, you know, there's some things in the passing game. He needs to get his eyes, he needs to get his head turned a little bit quicker when they're in that empty empty look. Um, he wasn't ready for the football when he was hot. Um, but that stuff will come over time as he you know, continues to kind of get more comfortable and familiar here. But, yeah, I expect this to be a big game for Le'Veon Bell. And I think Andy's going to let Lev Bell eat a little bit. Andy's going to let Lev Bell be a little bit petty here. And I love it. I think it's great. And you know what? Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's gotten a lot of touches this year. Let, you know, let the let the workload ease a little bit here this week. Just have you know, just sit back and enjoy Le'Veon Bell just going against his former team. Uh, one of the big things that we haven't really got to see as much of, uh, you know, recently, is you haven't seen as many explosive plays in the passing game. Craig, this would be a good week to try to see that see that happen and get it going a little bit. Absolutely. We want to see this Chiefs offense get a little bit more into a rhythm. Not that they've been bad necessarily. We just haven't seen the explosion that we've seen in some previous years here. And this secondary is Marcus May and a bunch of meh at best. And then there's a bunch of rookies behind him. These guys can't hang with Tyree Kill. They can't hang with McCole Hardman. They can't hang with Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle. All of these receivers should be able to eat against this secondary. It's just going to be, are they going to sit back? Are they going to try and take away the deep ball? And then are they capable of it? Like, I, I don't even know that this sort of strategy is going to work particularly well against Mahomes because they just don't necessarily even have the horses to be able to keep a lid on this deep, on this offense. So... I'm looking forward to seeing if the Chiefs can get a little bit more going vertically this week. You know, the one thing you got to worry about is Greg Williams is going to stick a safety 50 yards deep. So uh, that's really going to make things difficult to try to get some of those explosive plays down the field. Now, I, I do. I am very curious to see what a hard-headed defensive coordinator like Greg Williams does in a situation like this against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I the most terrifying offense in football. What does Greg Williams do? How does he approach this when you know, you know, he wants to play his way, but is also, you know, he's got to be willing to just let, just, just let the Chiefs kind of do what they've done the last few weeks. And hopefully you slow him down enough and your offense scores enough points. Um, I'm curious how aggressive Greg Williams is. Frankly, I don't like Greg Williams even a little bit. Um, I think he's an indictment on the, on the game of football, and I genuinely hope Andy Reid runs the score up on the figurehead of Bounty Gate. I don't think Greg Williams is the kind of coach that is going to rush three and drop everybody else into coverage. I don't think that's his MO, so I would not be surprised to see the Jets kind of do what the Jets do, which is 
be relatively aggressive and unpredictable on defense and not good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not good. (laughs) It's like, I do think this is a game in which the Chiefs could actually find some success throwing the ball downfield, but I'm not even asking for some home run plays. Just get some more chunk plays. I think it's been a couple weeks since, and especially if you go back to that Raiders game, that second half, it's been a little while since the Chiefs look like they could push the ball into the intermediate or deep parts of the field at will like they have at different points throughout Mahomes' tenure with them. So I hope this is a kind of get-right game for that, or at least a game that shows like, hey, this is all still right here. Like, I think we all know that they're capable of doing it. It's just going to be nice to see it. And selfishly, I think Patrick Mahomes is one big statistical game away from being right back in the MVP race. I mean, his projected numbers on the season would win MVP so many different seasons right now, and no one's talking about it. And I think it's been a couple weeks since he's had a huge game. It's been since Baltimore, where he's had crazy stats in a game. So, you know, you get one more game like that, that puts him right back in the MVP race, which he should be. That's always fun. And like I said, I just want to see the Chiefs come out and say, hey, we can still do this. This is still part of our game and who we are. Teams have just been trying to take it away from us this entire time. Yeah, part of the issue with trying to generate some of these explosive plays in the past game has been the pass protection. There was a couple opportunities missed. One, McCole Hardman ran a great stop and go down the sideline. It, it, if they had been had a little bit more time, that ball, you know, that might have been a big one of those big explosive touchdowns, one of those big, you know, explosive plays from McCole Hardman you would have seen. Pass protection, they've got to get, you know, get right there, especially if they're going to try to challenge down the field, Maddie. That's the big thing. I think that with the Daniel Kilgore, Nick Allegrady interior offensive, I mean, Mike Rimmers isn't included with that group because I think everybody knows Rimmers is just kind of a placeholder. But as fun as Allegretti and Kilgore have been in their run blocking since they've come in, their pass protection has not been super clean. There's been some assignment issues. Kilgore, especially when he gets left one-on-one, has struggled quite a bit. I think Allegretti struggles with his balance, much like Andrew Wiley, who might still be the worst of the three, and he was the one already starting beforehand. So, There's some pass protection issues, and I think it really has shown up. It's kind of limited the Chiefs' ability to drop back and throw some of these longer developing routes. And when teams can get pressure only rushing three or four guys, it's really hard to get those vertical routes into space when you still don't have five seconds to do it. So this is a good game. The Jets don't have a great pass rush. Shocking, I'm well aware. They have Quinn and Williams and a bunch of guys. So you want to see this offensive line come out Give Patrick Mahomes a little bit more time. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to do anything that's just going to completely blow the Chiefs' mind schematically. So you just want to see the Chiefs come out there and have their way. You want to see the protection hold up so that Patrick Mahomes and these weapons can start hitting the big plays downfield. And that way, you know, teams start to not just respect the game, but start to fear it. I think the Chiefs work on fear. That offense really starts clicking when opponents fear them. I think they're still scared of getting beat deep right now, but I think you saw with Denver. Denver was a little more aggressive than other teams had been lately this season. They weren't as scared of getting beat deep. I want the Chiefs to get back to being feared by their opponent. Yeah, and that kind of nails exactly what I was going to talk about. Greg Williams is not passive, like we just talked about. Greg Williams knows that his pass rush is going to struggle to get home if he can't get some stuff dialed up and get Patrick Mahomes' timer sped up a little bit. So he's going to send Avery Williamson. He's going to send Neville Hewitt, Blake Cashman. He's going to send these guys on blitz. Hey, do not disrespect my man Blake Cashman like that. Anyway... I just think that they're going to send a lot of guys. I think he's going to throw numbers at Patrick Mahomes. You know, like Matty said, Vic Fangio was able to dial some stuff up, get some unblocked rushers on Patrick Mahomes, speed up the timer, force some of those vertical balls to not come out and not be able to 
hold on to them. So I just think that we're going to see a much more aggressive pass rush out of the Jets if the offensive line can block, if they can hold their own a little bit better. I think we're going to see some dangerous, dangerous passes downfield. Jets are a bad football team, uh, pretty much top to bottom. If you can't protect Patrick Mahomes against the Jets, you you need to figure some things out. Now, Quinn Williams, very good player along the interior. Not going to try to discredit him. And this is a good challenge for the likes of Nick Allegretti, who, if he wants to stick around and he wants to kind of keep that job, he needs to have a good game against a guy like him. Um, but largely, this team needs to be able to protect against a bad football team, and that's exactly what you're hoping for. If that happens, they're going to get some of those explosive plays we're talking about. There's no doubt about it. All right, guys, players to watch. Who you got, Craig? I got Travis Kelsey. I, I mean, Travis Kelsey is just in line for yet another big game. He just seems to kind of continue to string them together as much of a big game as anybody on offense had last week. Travis Kelsey had one. I don't think that there's anybody that can hang with him on the Jets roster. I don't know that Greg Williams is going to dedicate people to chip at him and try and force him to get some unclean releases at the line. I think you're going to see a lot more of Travis Kelsey in space. And we know what happens when that happens for Patrick Mahomes. He finds Kelsey. Kelsey, I expect like a an 11 catch kind of day. Like just a really big day where he's running wide open in the middle of the field. My player to watch is McCole Hardman, and he's coming off of probably his best game for the Chiefs since last regular season. I want to see him build on that. Even if you look at this game, it was the very first series they designed a sprint out corner for him, then quickly thereafter you hit him on the deep over route, but then he kind of disappeared for the rest of the game. Now, the Chiefs were up big, they weren't throwing the ball a ton, so it's hard to say too much about it, and like Kent said, he did have coming out of halftime a nice stop and go route to which he did beat the defender and they just couldn't get the ball to him, but there just wasn't much else after that initial plays. The first couple plays designed to go to him, then he kind of disappeared. I think this is a game against a weaker secondary that if you're McCall Hardman, you could really have a big statement game here. You could have a game that proves that you should be on the field over Demarcus Robinson more frequently. Maybe you hit a big home run this game, but more importantly, become a little bit more consistent. I'd love to see him convert four, five, six targets and just pick up a couple first downs on some of them rather than only being a first read kind of vertical receiver. Give me back-to-back -back good games, back-to-back -back games that show you as a viable receiver, and now we're starting to get to the point to where he was what a lot of fans thought he was going to be coming into this season. You know, the rich just keep getting richer with this offense, and, and last week you saw another offensive weapon reveal themselves. Uh, a, a big touchdown run. I'm, of course, talking about Chad Henney. Chad Henney, my player to watch this week because if everything goes right, you will see a good amount of Chad Henney in this game. Get Mahomes off the field after some explosive plays, three touchdowns, let him rest the fourth quarter because you're up so big. I wonder if we're picking blowouts, everyone. We'll see. <laughs> I'm so scared of the Jets ruining that. But my player to watch is Chad Henney because he should be playing a lot this game. We're going to take a break, and we will be back with the defensive side of the football right after this. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Time to talk about the defensive side of the football for Chiefs-Jets, the game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. And I think we got to start on defense with some injuries that are definitely worth monitoring. This is kind of a hobbled group uh, on offense for the Jets. They don't have a ton of depth to begin with or a ton of top-end talent, but they are currently looking to be without Bashad Perriman with a concussion. Jameson Crowder is nursing a groin. Makai Becton, George Fant, and Sam Arnold are also have had some limited practices this week. Those are guys that they can't have banged up or functioning at a reduced capacity against this Chiefs team because they're going to get eaten alive. They already don't have a very dynamic offense. They already don't have a whole lot of options, especially at wide receiver. Now you're talking about them losing their top two wide receivers and if Sam Darnold's a little bit banged up, and the tackles are banged up, I mean, that's bad news for a team that's probably going to be playing from behind, probably going to have to throw the ball a lot. I expect that Frank Clark and then Taco Charlton, maybe Mike Dana coming back this week, maybe, are going to have a big day. They're going to get a lot of reps, and I think that they're going to have a big day on this team that is going to really need some true options at wide receiver. They had... Four total yards of offense in the second half last week in a game that was close, that they were really trying to get the ball down the field. I just think that that's a preview for what could happen if a lot of these weapons can't make it and if the offensive tackles are a little banged up. Counterpoint, it can't be any worse than four yards of net total offense in a half of football. So even if it is all backups, hey, maybe just the complete act of surprise catches the Chiefs and, you know, they muster 14 yards or something and a half. I mean, the Jets, like Craig said, the Jets didn't start with a lot of talent to begin with on the offensive side of the ball. Their offensive line and their wide receiver group especially were struggling this season. Sam Darnold makes a couple nice plays every week. They're always in the fourth quarter when they're down by umpteen thousand points, but he makes in a couple nice throws. You might get a couple of those again, but with that many injuries, just there's not a lot of work that can be done with that offense to make them scary or to threaten a defense that should steamroll over them. The Buffalo Bills defense this year has not been good, and they completely blanked them for a half. So you would imagine the Kansas City Chiefs defense will be able to do something very similar. Matchup-wise, they're set up very well. The Chiefs' run defense seems to be their weakest point. The Jets with Frank Gore, LaMichael Pirine aren't running up and down the field very easily. Like just, this should be, especially with the injuries, a very dominant performance by the Chiefs' defense. 
I'm a little disappointed. This is just like a quick little rant because you guys have all nailed all the important talking points. I'm really disappointed with how the Jets have handled the Mekhi Becton injury. They rushed him to get back onto the field. They kind of pressured a rookie to get back on the field, and he was no way, shape, or form capable of doing it. Um, I think the, the Jets organization is kind of just an absolute mess, and they can't even handle their prize first-round pick this year who looks great when he's on the field. They can't even handle that right. It's entirely, it's just very frustrating to see. And I hope there's no long-term effects for Makai Becton because people tried to rush him forward because of the selfish interests. Um, he was not, I mean, you, you saw him. I mean, if you guys watched the game, he tried. He just, there was no way he was going to be able to do it. Uh, let's talk about the linebackers. Craig, let's, are, are they going to be productive against the run? I, you would hope so. Because if they can't do it against this group, they're probably not going to do it this year. You might see some spurts of good play, but this is a bad offensive line, and it's a worse group of running backs. This is not a particularly dynamic group. They don't do anything especially different in you know in their run or their run blocking or any of their play calls or anything like that. So. I think we're going to see a lot of 11 personnel because that's what they base out of, which means, sorry guys, not a ton of Willie Gay, but I think we're going to see a lot of Damian Wilson, a lot of Anthony Hitchens, and I think we're going to see a lot of that front four having to dominate and practice and get their run fits right this week. This is kind of a nice little tune-up against an offensive line that they should be able to bully a little bit more other than Mekhi Becton, who is a monster, but you should be able to do a little bit more against this group. Practice on fits. These are live game reps that are going to be great, that are going to pay off later. I just think that if the Jets can come out, they can run the ball successfully against this Chiefs team, you can write off any real chance that the Chiefs are going to be any good against the run at any point this year, and then they've just got to really kind of dial back what the expectations are in the run game. So here's the big thing. If the Jets don't have Crowder or Perryman or Mims, they might have to play a little bit heavier personnel. And like, I'm not rooting for anyone to be injured, but you know, if Crowder or Perryman wanted to take a week off to feel a little bit better and they did it this week, I wouldn't be mad because I would love to see Willie Gay go out there and play against a bad football team. I wouldn't, he needs the reps. He needs to get the experience trying to read a football field. I think it's pretty obvious when you watch him play that he's a super athlete that's amazing reacting what's going in front of him but he's a little late on some of his reads. He doesn't always pick up on all the keys that he should sometimes, and it's new to him. It's going to come. He's shown signs of improvement. So I would love it if the Jets had to run a little bit more heavier personnel to push him onto the field. I do think as the game goes on, the Chiefs get up big. You'll start to see him get more looks and coverage too, just like they did last week against the Broncos. But this is a big game. Anthony Hitchens is on about a four-game streak now of playing really good football. Damian Wilson has made a couple big plays in just about every game recently. I don't think he's as consistent, but he makes some nice dynamic plays. These linebackers with this defensive line in front of them versus this offensive line should be free. They should be allowed to play fast and not be too concerned with being beat to the outside or getting beat by misdirection. There should be some good plays coming in here. And if you start to see some struggling in terms of stopping the run against this game, not time to panic because it is still just run defense and it's not like it's much worse than last year, but it's something that you can sit there and say, like Craig said, this is not going to get better this year if the Jets can find success running the football. No doubt. But I think the ceiling of this group is obviously higher than it was the last year at the linebacker position for this group. And 
you know, Anthony Hitchens, I think, has shown some signs of progress and, and, and grown a little bit here. Um, and, you know, Willie Gay, obviously, we know he's he's taking strides. Every rep he gets on the field is vital and critical to his development. You really, you know, the ceiling of this group, if they can, you know, take games and opportunities like this and really work and improve in a game like this, that's huge for their stretch run, for their for their playoff run. You know, they got to keep building games on each other. And it should start with the Jets here. You know, there's been positive signs with the with the linebacker core, specifically Anthony Hitchens and Willie Gay. There's been some positive indicators there. You know, Damian Wilson's kind of just there, but they've got to keep building. And, and it starts here with the Jets. They got they got to keep building towards the playoffs because that's ultimate. That's the ultimate goal. You got to be ready and playing your best in January. Uh, and one of the things you want to see, you know, kind of improve here too as well. You want to see some pass rush production, Maddie. Yeah, and so here's the thing. We're about two to three games removed from Frank Clark having a really good game as a pass rusher. Like, I'm I'm as big of a Frank Clark fan as anybody else. I think everybody knows that. He's still been very, very good against the run. Teams still avoid him. They still send more help his way. But earlier this season, he was still making a lot of these one-on-one reps count. We've, it's been a couple weeks it's since Colton Miller had a really good game against him. Garrett Bowles, really good game against him. Against the Bills, he was a little bit more effective, but still not otherworldly. Like, it's been a little while since we've had Frank Clark come out and look like a really, really good pass rusher. Mekhi Becton this week could be a pretty big challenge, even if Mekhi Becton's hurt a little bit in the shoulder. He's been good this season. He's susceptible to some power moves. He's susceptible to some inside moves. So hopefully Frank Clark finds some success. Chris Jones has been good these last few weeks. He's been really good as a pass rusher these last couple weeks. So hopefully he continues it against a very poor line. But the big promise after those two guys... Where's my pass rush coming from? Who's my next pass rusher after those two? You can get help for two players on a defensive line on the pass rush. Where's the other guy? Where's that third person to get the pressure? Is it Taco Charlton coming back? Is it just consistently having to blitz like Steve Spagnuolo likes to do? What's the plan to produce pressure if Chris Jones is getting doubled, if Frank Clark's getting doubled, and like those guys just aren't having their best game? This is a game where other guys could step up and should step up. I mean, everybody should, but this is a game where everyone's going to have a mismatch in their favor. And you got to hope that Taco Charlton really continues what we've seen out of him at times this year. He's currently the leader in pressure percentage in his pass rush reps. Now, he's got significantly less pass rush reps than anybody else on this team like he he missed week one and then he's had an injury week like I mean he's not a guy that's gotten to play a ton obviously Chris Jones is the star of this show when rushing the passer but yeah like Maddie said you got Frank you got Chris those two guys you're not terribly worried about you gotta have somebody else that can get after it whether that's Tano Passigno whether that's Taco Charlton, whether we got to see a little bit of blitzing, Mike Dana, maybe Damone Harris gets a game where he can really kind of tee off a little bit. You just want to see some signs of life at that other defensive end position just to kind of reassure yourself that you don't need to go out and make a move because you can't trust Alex Elkafor to step in and be a guy. He's just injured all the time right now, and the Chiefs have told you with the way that they structured his contract that they are willing to cut him and get out at any point here. So I just think that they are willing to go out and get a defensive end if they need it. This is the game where you got to prove that you are the guy that they need to count on going forward. It's been pretty high variance for that group, you know, from a pressure perspective and, and really inconsistent. 
Um, and, you know, if it's going to continue to be inconsistent, Steve Spagnuolo is going to have to, you know, try to dial up pressures and, and get guys like Charvarius Ward, you know, coming out and blitzing. And, and you, you know, you're going to see some of those kind of looks, too, to try to help manufacture some pressure. Um, you want to see – and, and, and Spags is going to do that anyway. Don't get me wrong. But, like, you want to see some consistency with your pass rush without scheme pressure. And, you know, that's something that you haven't seen enough of from this football team consistently. Uh, and hopefully this is a week that you get that going. All right, guys, players to watch on the defensive side of the football. Craig, lead us off. Going with the man with the hot streak, Anthony Hitchens. Um, there's going to be some complacency in this game. I know that everybody talks about it in their pressers, everything like that, saying, no, we're not going to get down. They're a good football team. We know that we got to stay locked in. Anthony Hitchens is one of the three leaders on this team that is out there being very vocal, making sure that everybody's on the same page and making sure that everybody's locked in. That's going to be the most important in this game. You can't allow a bad team to hang around. He's got to be out there, make sure everybody's ready to put the hammer down to end this thing early. And he can do that both with his play and with what he's saying and what he is basically communicating on the field there. So I want him have a big day in both of those facets. I want him to show up, turn on the Jets, and let's get this over with in a hurry because if you let them hang around, who knows what's going to happen. But if you can stop them early, then this thing will be over pretty quick. My guy to watch is a player that I think we all kind of had high expectations for coming into the season. Tano Pasno kind of had a big year last year, showed a lot of development. This year, the natural belief was he was going to do it again. He was finally putting it together. And instead, what we've got is just been a steady, okay player. I don't even know if he's been particularly good from what I've seen. He sets an okay edge. He's going to push the pocket a little bit as a defensive end, but he's best on pass rushing downs kicked inside. And even then, he's not dynamic enough to really be that ins or outside inside pass rush threat because he doesn't just beat guards with his speed. He just lacks a little bit of dynamic ability. So if there was ever for a game for Pasnu to start turning it on, to start really figuring it out as a pass rusher, as a run defender, he's got some bright moments. But as a pass rusher, this is the game where his length, his size, and his strength could really come in handy. If he can start turning the corner here, showing up a little bit more as a pass rusher, that way the Chiefs aren't being forced to rely on Taco Charlton or Alex Okafor when he's healthy. If that way they can get that third pass rusher for someone that's going to play a ton of snaps, this would be a game I really want to see Passanio turn it on, either earn a big contract somewhere else so we get you know one of Kent's coveted comp picks next year or make us want to sign him going forward because at this point, I just don't know how you justify wanting to bring him back from what we've seen. This is a game where you start to turn it around down the stretch. I think Tershawn Wharton's coming off his best game as a Chief in his young career. I really enjoy watching him play football, and this is selfishly just another player to watch because I think you know, this could be a game that Tershawn Wharton sees a little bit of time if things go the way that they are supposed to. The Chiefs are favored by three scores, guys. <laughs> they are heavily favored. This should be a game where guys like Tershawn Wharton are getting a lot of burn. Let those guys get some more reps under the belt. I've really enjoyed watching Tershawn Wharton. Uh, I think he's got some really interesting athletic traits. He may not be the biggest guy, and sometimes he does get pushed around in there, but he's you know quick off the ball, and he gives outstanding effort. And ball production, getting a fumble last week. Those are really nice things that guys like him have to do if they want to stick around in the NFL. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for this lottery ticket, 
And selfishly, I want to see him continue to grow and develop because that would be a big deal for the Chiefs if they could get a guy like him over, under contract for another three years after this one, um, you know, cost-controlled. He, he has the p makings of a, of a quality rotational player, and I want to see him continue to build because that would be huge for this football team. Predictions time. What you got, Craig? I got a blowout, guys. The, uh, listen, Vegas has the line at 19 and a half. You can't be mad at us for picking a lot, you know, a score a little bit more than that. So save it with all the tweets. I'm picking the Chiefs to win 38 to 13, and I'm also picking 38 points because that's how many snaps I expect Taco Charlton, Mike Dana, Willie Gay Jr., and Ben Neiman to get as backups closing out this game with the Jets trying to play their starters there at the end of the game when the Chiefs are up huge. I, too, am picking quite the blowout because, well, quite frankly, the Jets are not a very good football team. The Chiefs are a good football team. I think the Chiefs could coast, not put their pedal to the metal, and do typical Andy Reid things and still easily cover this game. The Jets would have to play their hands-down best game of the year on both sides of the ball just to cover what the spread is. I have the Chiefs winning 41-17. to I think it's a get-right game for the offense. Defense only gives up points in garbage time when Craig said, like maybe you have some of these backups trying to get some reps. I pick 41 points on the offense because that's just how many points the Chiefs are going to score. There's no deep meaning to it. That's just what they score. I am going with a KC staple of a score. 17-38, your Kansas City Chiefs win. They barely covered the spread because this team that they're playing is so terrible that the spread is three scores. A, a close cover and a 21-point victory. You can call it a blowout if you want, haters. The Chiefs win by three touchdowns. That's going to do it for the game preview edition of the AP Laboratory. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you later.